We don't sell annuities. I would die and go to hell before I would sell an annuity. Most annuities have nosebleed level fees. Don't do what the customer thinks they do. Have tremendous tax problems, are hard to get out of once you're in them, and are extremely confusing with a contract that's about that thick. These products are not made to benefit the customer. The real winner is the salesperson. Anything you want to do with annuities, there's a better way to do. There is zero times, never, not a case anywhere that a fixed annuity is the answer. Never. There's always something better. Because a fruit jar at least doesn't penalize you when you take the money out of it. And you're not making much more money on it than the fruit jar anyway. You can also do a variable annuity, which is a fine product, but not inside of a retirement account. The variable annuities are mutual funds inside of an annuity, and they have some actual benefits after you've maxed out all of your retirement accounts. Not against variable annuities once you've maxed out everything and you've paid off your house. Hey, Mary J. from PA. You sent in a question, and you want to know from me, why do I not like annuities? How much time they got, girlfriend? Here's the thing. It's not that I don't like all annuities. There are some annuities that I like. I like single premium deferred annuities. I like if you're older and you have a medical condition, sometimes I like medical annuities. The annuities that I do not like are variable annuities. A variable annuity is like a mutual fund owned by an insurance company within the contract because it's a contract, it's an annuity. Oh, it gets so complicated there. You know, I've written about this in great lengths in my books, on my website, so you can go there and find the information that you want. However, this is what you need to know. Just stay away from variable annuities and you'll be just fine. Okay, well, there you go. There's the words from the experts. Uh, wow. Hi, I'm Brett Sasso, and uh, do you deserve an amazing retirement? That's the name of our podcast, Deserve. So I uh, had a really uh, awesome webinar this week on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. It's just when we have them every week. <clears throat> and today's our wrap-up. We kind of do the follow-up podcast on Friday and you know, we, we talk a little bit about what came after the webinar. You know, how about the emails that came in, the questions that came in. Um, really one of the more spirited webinars that we've done. You can get a copy of this webinar and uh, we'll put up something here at the end of the podcast so you guys can write it down after you're done listening so that we can send you out a copy of how to watch the webinar. You could also go to deservemagazine.com and there we'll put a link Right, guys? We'll put a link on that page so that you can actually listen to uh, this last podcast that we just did. I think it was really important. So in the studio, at Pat Charles Ivanelli is going to help us a little bit with some of the questions that came in. Say hello, Pat. Hello. Pat's not playing his air bass today. So uh, we decided to start off. The video is really funny. It's, it's the three people. So that in order was Ken Fisher, Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman. Uh, on the webinar, we started off by finishing it when my cousin Vinny approached the, uh, after the first <laughs> chance he got to stand up with the ridiculous suit on, and he went in front of the jury and he said, everything those guys just said is total bull, and we bleeped it out. And it just You, you actually didn't bleep out 
bullshit. Well, we covered you heard it. it. We covered it a <laughs> I little. Totally bit. heard it. But we tried. We we actually tried, and it's okay. It's, it's uh, an adult audience that listens about annuities anyway. So uh, today we're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to expand on what we talked about on the webinar. You know, that was an hour long, so obviously we can't cover the same thing on the podcast. But we can talk a little bit about the you know the reasons why the reason why people are. There's so many things, and when you listen to a Dave Ramsey or you listen to a Ken Fisher, they use so many words that are, it's just, there's an art form of deception when it comes to speaking about something, right? So they'll turn around and say, I'll never, ever do that, especially, and then they give you one tiny little piece, and they generalize everything else that fits in it. Sounds like a politician. It is very, very much like politicians. So they could talk and talk and talk. But at the end of the day, they only mentioned one thing, but they generalized everything. So that's what we're going to cover today on the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about why people hate annuities. And I mentioned this on the on the podcast. I got an email from one of the, the people that we invited. So typically what happens, you go to getfreeblueprint.com, you request a blueprint from our company, and then you get invites. And we send you one out to say, hey, come check out our live webinars every Wednesday night. So when, it, when the subject line said, why people hate annuities, I had this guy fire back a bullet at me. You know, he's like, hey, if you talk about annuities, I don't trust you. Drop my name. And I was like, okay, maybe you're missing the whole spirit of this, of this webinar. We're, we're talking about it. We're not recommending it. So I think it's been a terrible disservice by not just the three that opened this podcast and our webinar the other day, but I think it's a disservice when people generalize recommendations regardless of product. There is no way in the world that one person can have an opinion that brought, that blankets an entire audience. It doesn't work that way. There are absolute needs for annuities. There are absolutely t- times when annuities are not appropriate. And it's like everything else, it has to do with you. So But but why do you think people hate annuities? Is it the Well again, it's 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 the uh I don't want to use fake news because that's kind of like out of style, but it it's disinformation. I do like that word. It's disinformation. So Dave Ramsey starts off with, there is never, ever, ever a time to do annuities, unless it's a variable. You know, it's like, okay, so he throws out all of this, and then he throws this little crevice out, and then Susie Orman right after that says... The annuities are, the ones I hate the most are variable. So you got one person on one channel telling you that everything about an annuity is bad except one. And then you got another person on the other channel saying that everything's bad about annuities except the one that the other guy just said is good. And then you got Ken Fisher, who'd rather die and go to hell than put somebody into an annuity. So the point, Pat, is that they're, they're, using, their, they're, they're using what they can do with the information and they're doing it for their own agenda. So Susie Orman in that piece said, you know, hey, girlfriend, you ought to buy my book and go to my website and do all this. And I'll tell you why, because I can't come up with a reason right now. And that's what she did. Right. So it's an agenda. Her agenda is I like to sell books. I like to get people to come to my website. I, I also think there's a stigma out there about annuities. I had a conversation last weekend and we were talking and, and it was my my mother-in-law was asking me, should she annuitize her annuity? And she thought that if she had died like tomorrow, she would lose all the money. Mm. And it's like, this is not your grandfather's annuity. But it could be. If she didn't choose the right options inside. And that's, there you go. Therein lies the problem, right? Right. So 
you couldn't give her blanket advice. If you did, you'd probably be divorced before your first anniversary (laughs) here. But you can't give blanket advice because if you tried to tell her, oh, no, go ahead and and convert that and, and annuitize it. And it does have a single life option where it only goes until she passes and then the insurance company takes it. You know, that that is appropriate for some people, right? If, if the annuity is about a lifestyle, it's like buying a pension. Let's talk about what an annuity really is. So in her case, there are different types of riders. There's different types of annuities, and they all have different nuances. And she may have one that says as a life option, if she dies, that annuity goes away. That is my grandfather's annuity, right? Mm. Well, she's <laughs> she would be your grandmother right or, or mother or whatever mother but i think that's stuck with people i think people think annuities that's going to happen i give you my money it's generalization if something, if something happens to me then my family's out right and and in the old days that was the deal because the insurance companies use actuarial science so they know when people are likely to die so it's a game of numbers for them and if they know that most people in, in that time frame were dying at 72 Hey, what's the big deal? We'll give her higher payments than she could ever earn on that money, knowing that she'll probably die at 72. And if she doesn't, it's okay because all the rest will. So it's a game. The insurance companies, actuarial science is brilliant. It's ingenious. And it is how these insurance companies are always staying ahead and they don't fail because they know how the numbers work. So she might have that. And if she does, it would be consequential if she doesn't really need the money and she wants to pass it on. Then she's also got to make sure that there's some kind of, you know, what other kind of riders are involved in that that she could use. She might have a long-term care rider. If she needs that, that could be something that she really wants. So it all depends on the product. So the point here is that you won't get that from this this podcast. You won't get it from our webinars. We are too, we're, we're too committed to our craft, which is don't make a prescription without a proper diagnosis because in medicine, that's a malpractice. And in finance, it should be the same thing. And if that was the case, Mr. Fisher, Mr. Ramsey, Ms. Orman, they're all guilty of malpractice because they make blanket recommendations to people that should not be hearing what they're talking about. Ken Fisher, and I told this on, again, I know not everyone listening to this went to the webinar. I, I went in and I said, okay, let me find out why this guy hates annuities so much. So I, I did the thing. I went online, Ken Fisher, blah, blah, blah. So I get a phone call. And I never forget. I know exactly the road I was driving on. I was driving on 209. And I remember the guy calling me. I was in the flats going through the cornfields. And this guy calls me up. I'm Fisher Investments. Fisher Investment guy. Hey, Mr. Sasso, how you doing? Oh, good, good. How you doing? I'm, you know, I'm kind of driving here, but I got you on my Bluetooth. So if I lose you, because you lose people on that road, goes through the mountain. So, uh... He starts off by asking me what my objectives are. I said, my objectives are I don't want to, I don't want my money to go before I do. And I said, I've, I've had two really bad, bad rounds with the stock market, which is true. And I'm really gun shy about the markets. And I'm not really interested in that. And I know that's what you're going to pitch me. He goes, well, well, well. Hey, he goes, hold on, hold on. He goes, listen, Mr. Fisher manages all this money himself. He makes the decisions and everything goes where he goes. And I said, great. So if he makes a bad decision, everyone gets wiped out. I said, that's great. He goes, no, no, no. I goes, he, Mr. Fisher can get 9%, 10% returns. Now I know really? I'm, I'm a licensed financial guy. I know you can't make these statements, right? Because his past performance, especially in the market, is not a, a forward-looking prediction of, of his success. So we go on and on, and he's trying to tell me that I should move my money to him and let Mr. Fisher invest it. I'm going to be getting 9% a year, and how could I go wrong? 
And I just said, listen, I honestly don't have the stomach for it at this point. I, I, I have a certain amount of money that's earmarked for my retirement. I'm playing the game. I'm playing the handout perfect. So after a while, he gets insulting me now. So he starts saying to me, you know, you watch too much news. You watch Fox News? I go, excuse me? I said, I, I watch all the news. I said, I like to try to get a very blended source of news. And then I pick what I want to make as my, my beliefs around well, it sounds to me like you're watching too much about the markets and, you know, the, the end is near. And he's making, he's mocking me, right? And I finally I said, listen, pal, I don't need you doing this. I said, I'm not interested in, in Mr. Fisher taking over my money. I'm, I'm not needing his service. He goes, so what do you like, annuities? And I go, well, to be honest, I was investigating annuities, and I was hoping you were going to tell me why he so hates them so much. And he goes, well, you know, he doesn't hate them all. I go, what? I said, okay. So roll that back to what we played in the beginning. (laughs) I would never. (laughs) I'd rather die and go to hell, right? So so he goes, no, no, no. He goes, there there might be something we could do. He goes, I could help you with that. So he wanted to get you into an annuity. He wanted me to move $500,000 over to Ken Fisher. If you don't have 500 grand investable, Ken Fisher doesn't want you. But when he heard that I was, he, he threw out that. Did you respond because you like annuities? That, that's what he was, he was fishing to see mm-hmm. why did I respond? And it was because I was interested to see why he hated the annuities. So right away, he's talking to me about annuities. He goes, well, you know, we have variable annuities. He goes, but that's like the market. You wouldn't want that, right? And I'm going, I'm still torn here. Like, why do you guys hate annuities so much? And now you're talking to me about annuities. He goes, because there are some good annuities out there. I said, listen, pal. I said, I don't know. So what, he was at the end of his script with you. Yeah, he was already on, on the, you know, the improv section of the script. I said, here's the deal. I said, I, I don't really appreciate this. It's like deceptive advertising to me. And I would hate to think that an annuity could have helped me, and I wouldn't have done it because I trusted Ken Fisher. So I said, I, I really don't want to talk anymore to you. So I got off the call. They've called me about seven times since then. I've told them each time, don't call me. I've already gone through your bait and switch. I have no interest in you guys. I'll send them a link to the podcast. <clears throat> So, yeah, this will probably get out. I'm sure I'll get something from this. I'll get a cease and desist by next week. You can't do this. You represented these guys. So, anyhow, so that is kind of how the game is played, guys. And and in order to give you at least a, a starting point to form an intelligent opinion instead of one that's hearsay or, you know, well, I heard it and my buddy told me. It, it isn't how it works. You can't do it that way. And you've got to take information in, you've got to gather some facts, and then you build off of that. So the one thing about retirement architecture, our entire program, is that we don't operate on on the other side of the line, right? So there's two sides of a line you should think about with your finances. I use buckets. So when I do the webinar, I put buckets. I have a 40% bucket, a 60% bucket. If somebody's 60 years old, you know, I kind of build it that way. And I talk about what one person. So let's let's say I'll use that same example. 60/40. That's what I used on the webinar the other night. I said we're going to let 60% of your money, Mr. Jones, be on the right side in that bucket and on the left side we're going to use a 40% bucket and we're going to take that and separate it. So the two don't come together ever. One bucket, we'll use the 40 for now, is safe money that can't be compromised. And okay. I want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy who's out there trying to make profits at the top. And we've done all the glitters is not gold. We've done all of these things to kind of indicate that the market is a is a absolute bubble, balloon, whatever you want to call it. Anything that you can picture in your mind that's inflating to the point of, of explosion. And 
I want you to think of my organization as the, the team that guards 40 and makes it productive and someone else goes over and tries to get you that extra profit. And so that's what retirement architecture does. So what we do here in this conversation of annuities is we're not recommending them. I can't tell anyone out there listening right now whether an annuity is good, whether it's bad, or whether it's necessary. I don't know the answer because I don't know who the person is. But the annuities are safe, right? Uh, annuities, because they are insurance products, are safe. Insurance companies deal. If you think about an insurance, the definition of insurance is transferring risk. That is the definition of what insurance is for. When you buy car insurance, you're buying insurance along with all the other drivers on the road. Someone's going to have a bad accident someday and and people are going to get hurt and die and that's going to happen. But if you had to pay for that as if each time you drove, that was a, a very likely scenario, your car insurance would cost more than the car. So insurance takes a socialized approach. That's a good use of socialism, right? Insurance is socialism. And it takes the risk of many and, and dilutes it so that the price each person pays in is a, is a scientific part of what the risk is. So an annuity is a guaranteed contract that you get from an insurance company that says, if you give this money to me, I will put it into my general fund here of my insurance company I will invest it in ways that I believe are safe enough for me to guarantee it to you. And my guarantee is backed up by the sovereign strength of my company. It's also backed up by the state that you live in, in certain circumstances and certain annuities. And it's also then backed up by my peers, my other insurance companies. So, you know, one of the, the, the questions we had, and I know it's on the list, is what happens if an insurance company goes bad? You know, do I lose my money if the insurance company goes out of business? So the, the, the answer is that there's multi-levels of protection against that ever happening. An insurance company, because it doesn't sell fancy cars and it doesn't have a product that you can touch, they're intangibles, right? They're, they're promises. That's actually what an insurance company sells are promises. And the first time an insurance company fails on its promise, the whole entire industry would be done. If an insurance company fails and someone didn't get paid because a company collapsed, insurance would be done. So, so let me get my head around this. I give you, well, not you, I give maybe one of the advisors who's coming through retirement architecture, a hundred grand of my money. I want it safe. Mm -hmm. Market burst, bubble bursts. Yep. Real estate goes down the tubes. Uh, maybe one insurance company folds and the other comes to its rescue. Mm -hmm. My hundred thousand dollars is what? Absolutely protected. So it's still $100,000. $100,000. You know why? Why in, do people hate this product? Because it doesn't have great growth like well, other? No, because they're, they're, they're conflicted on the information they receive. So they're being told, there's a, there's a phrase that a lot of investment advisors use. It's called the uh, opportunity, right? The, the missed opportunity. That sounds like Dave Ramsey to it's, me. It's you're losing the ability. Well, in Dave's piece that we, we took that from, he was telling a person in that actual part, we cut it out because it was so outrageous. He was talking to a lady who was scared of the market. She moved some of her money into an annuity to protect it. Now, the annuity had some, it had an ability to get money out each year. She said, oh, yeah, I can get $10,000 out a year. And Dave said, why they got you in that? Why are you in that? You shouldn't be in that. And he said to her, why don't you think about taking the 10% if it's a 10% surrender charge? Why don't you think about taking that on the chin and just make 10% on the money in the first year? 
That was the most reckless mm. thing that somebody could say. And you know what? Once you put it out there as a public trusted figure, if I'm watching that today, do I think that that's a great strategy that I'm going to get 10% year after year after year in the markets? I don't. So again, it's it's reckless. It's 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 It should be, I don't want to say criminal because then I'll sound like Washington, D.C. where you, everybody's a criminal now, but it, it's inappropriate, it's damning, and it's unprofessional. Now, if he wants to speak about a topic, he should do what we do. He should break it down and, and tell where the dangers are. Are there dangers in variables? So probably the riskiest annuity out there is called a variable annuity. A variable annuity is an annuity that is actually being tied to the performance of markets. It's like investing it in the market. But once again, Not indexes, but no, we're talking about variable now. This is a variable annuity, which means that it is going in and there's a degree of risk in it. However, what the insurance company will do is say, Pat, if you come into this variable annuity, you will have a certain growth in this that you could have access to. Or you could decide to turn it on as an income stream and we'll guarantee you a certain income from it, regardless of what the markets do. Again, it's appropriate for someone looking for an, an annuity stream of income when they retire. Who needs that? Someone who doesn't have a pension. Someone who has limited dollars, right? So uh, like Ken Fisher, if you have under $500,000 of investable dollars, you should really be thinking about something that can stretch that out into an income so that you don't spend it all in one year. You don't get tempted and buy the $100,000 Tesla and then you have you know, 250 or 150,000 left for the rest of your life. You can actually take that money and stretch it into, again, using actuarial science, you could stretch that into an income till you're 100, 105 years old. So then I win the, I win the, the bet then. Because you, you, I could be actually drawing out more money than I put in. 100%. If you live longer than what the actuarial science created the, uh, the payout to be, then you win the bet. Absolutely. And you know what? They don't care. That's their business. They don't say, man, can we put a hit on Pat? He's over 80. Let's get let's get that guy knocked off. He's taking too much money. It's in their numbers. It's in their business model. They don't hold it against people when they live long. So, But the reality is, is that seven other people like you, Pat, passed away early and they didn't take all that money out. They took what was left in the cash. See, this is where the cash comes in. They took what was left in the cash, which is not necessarily the basis of the payouts. Right, not my principal. And that could pass to your family. And that's where your family could say, wait a minute, Pat put $80,000 in this thing. It's only 50 grand in cash. What the heck's going on? Well, Pat was taking the money out, which was based on the contract, and it had nothing to do with what was left in cash. Right, so they they get what I put in. Less the performance performance or plus the gains of the market. Right. And that's if there's a survivor. And, and sometimes there's even a little trigger for, you know, a multiple for dying and things like that. But that's the variable. That's the one that has some risk. By the way, if you're in New York State where we are, that's about the only real annuity you can get because New York State is a fan of Wall Street for obvious reasons. Uh, that's where most of the money mm. generated for the state comes from is downtown New York City. Right. So anywhere else in the United States and in all the other 49 states that have normal laws and rules, you can do a different type. And that's what we showcased on the webinar the other night. We talked about the fixed indexed annuity. And what is that? Can you explain that? So the word fixed makes makes this a non-investment product, right? So this is basically something that has assurances that regardless of what the market does to your first question, right? If the markets tank, 
what do you have? Mm-hmm. A fixed index annuity is a product that's designed to be multi-purpose. You can use it for growth when there's a volatile market. So it's it's very common. We use a strategy here often where someone's going to do a Roth conversion. They got a million dollars in their 401k and they want to move that money through a Roth conversion. Well, under the current tax code, if you move $30,000, $40,000 a year from that, that IRA, 401k, whatever it may be, over to a Roth, the period of time between that transition, you're paying the tax on the, on the year that you make that Roth conversion. So the tax okay. is paid. The markets tank and you left the money in there. What just happened? You, you pay tax on money you don't have anymore. Right, right. Who would ever do that? People do it every day. Right, so that's one of the things about a Roth that can be that can be troublesome. We are we practice a, a strategy where if you're going to do a Roth conversion, you can get an annuity that will hold the money while it's being converted. It doesn't mean it's locked up forever. It doesn't mean you have to do anything with it. But what it will do is it will guard you against the downside of the markets on your Roth conversion. And in some cases, the government makes you lock that money up for five years. So I can convert my money to a tax-free plan and not lose a penny if the markets turn on me. Correct. And that's that's how we do it. Well, that's interesting. Of course it is. Well, that's why everybody hates annuities, right? It's stupid that everybody hates annuities. So, and, and this is a strategy. You just need an education on this. Exactly. But it's hard to get an education if someone like the guy that wrote me the nasty email. I joked in the webinar. I said, okay, I'm going to give everybody his email. I want you all to write <laughs> him tonight. Let's blast him with 400 emails. So anyhow... Um, so the idea, right? So you want to do a Roth conversion because you believe taxes are going to go through the roof when you retire. So you're you're going to take the money and what we do, and there's a few companies, I won't throw companies out right now, that will actually allow you to split that money up into pieces, right? Into, let's say, Conches? buckets. Let's use buckets, buckets, right? So buckets. So I'm moving 500 grand and I'm going to move it through a Roth conversion over the next five years. Obviously, right? I wouldn't do it all at once because I get no. killed. Because you'd have taxes. to pay tax on the five hundred grand. So instead, we take the money, the five hundred thousand. We say, okay, I'm going to put it in five separate annuity buckets. So I got five buckets. Okay, I follow you. In year one, I'm going to convert a hundred thousand dollars to a Roth, so that I can get the growth on that for the rest of my life tax free. I'm taking advantage of the low tax rates now, in anticipation that the current spending, etc., everything we demonstrate will likely, more than likely, create a higher tax rate when I go to access those monies in the future. So I don't want to lose that 100000 if I just had to pay $35,000 in taxes to liberate it. And we usually use the same money. We take a distribution out. So it's complicated, right? This is something, if you see it on a blueprint, it's easy to understand. If you try to do this in your head, guys, it's not going to work for you. But I want you to understand the process. So now I'm going to do a Roth conversion on 500 grand, $100,000 a year for the next five years. I don't want to lose money because I paid tax on it. So I put it in a fixed indexed annuity. Now, the best way to explain a fixed index annuity is blackjack. You ever play blackjack, Pat? Sure. All right. So blackjack. So the, one of the most frustrating hands you could ever get in blackjack is when they turn you over a blackjack and the dealer's sitting on an ace. Yeah. Now, the dealer will say to you, Pat, insurance. Do you, oh, look at that. They use the word insurance and blackjack. They'll say, Pat, do you want to insure that? And I got to admit, the first couple of times I was like, 
Well, I don't Everybody know. Everybody says no. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, it's more money coming out. No, 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 but it's the good You always thing insure sure. it. You always yeah, insure it because the chances are the worst you're going to get is a push right. if he turns over. But if he turns over to blackjack, he wins the hand. So the idea here is with a fixed index annuity, it's like buying insurance on a blackjack. If you have the fixed index annuity and the market tanks, let's say it goes down big time, 40, 40% drop. You lost zero because the insurance company said, Pat, I'm t- I told you I'd protect your principal. You lost nothing. And you say, yeah, but I didn't make anything. So that's the, pro- that's the problem with people is they don't, right. they don't recognize that they would have lost 40% of their money. They lost zero. But then next year, the market comes back. So here's the beauty of these products. Instead of sitting where you were when you bought the annuity, all right? So let's say, let's just use the numbers, Dow 30,000. We'll just use the Dow. Dow 30,000. Market drops 30%. So now we're down to Dow 29.1. Okay, I didn't lose any money, but I didn't make any money then. Correct. Right. Okay, but I, here's I'll, the I'll beauty take that. Of it. I'll take that. Yeah, but it gets better. <laughs> so now we waited this period out, and you didn't gain anything, but you lost nothing. But here's what's cool. They bring your your starting point down for the next cycle. I get a do-over? You get a do-over. Wow. You get a mully. That's cool. So now you drop down. So here's the beautiful thing. If your money was invested in the market, before you can make a dollar, you have to get back to where the market was, right? And uh-huh. then you can start growing. That's where these products excel and the markets fail. So instead, what the insurance company says is, okay, Pat, we're going to drop you down now to the new low number that we ended the year. From there, we're going to go forward again. And if the market goes up, you're going to get a percentage of it. Now, those percentages can be 30% to 70%, depending on the product, the company, and the interest rate environments that we're in. Okay, so that's a big part of it. But that's beautiful. If you think about it, a major market crash, you almost want to buy an annuity in the year that you think the market's going to crash, buy it then, let it go down to the bottom, and they're going to say, okay, here's your new starting point. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's like the inchworm, right? You 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 go forward, but you retract just a little bit, and then you go forward again, and eventually you've covered a lot of ground. So, guys, if if this is all sounding completely foreign to you, I can see the pressure from Wall Street to not want to promote these type of products. It's hedging. It's yeah. it's a hedge to protect people. Insurance companies protect people. They don't fleece people. That's what people don't understand. Insurance companies. In, in most cases, and a lot of the ones that we use are mutual companies, which means they're not in the stock market. They don't have stockholders. But there's other companies out there that are stock companies, that are insurance companies. So it's important to know who you're talking to and who you're working with. And this is an industry where you want to see multiple things. You don't want to just be sold the first, uh, you know, first interesting thing. You don't want to be sold on that. You want to do some research. You want to read the illustration with your advisor. And that's what our network does perfectly we have a network i I think we're at five six hundred active advisors right now they train every week they trained yesterday i had a whole team on yesterday i trained for the wednesday night and today i've got i had more emails i'm still not done i'll be doing emails until nine o'clock tonight from both advisors of ours and and people that attended the webinar so here's the job that you did on your webinar the other night you asked two polls the first poll your current feelings about annuities First, first answer was, I believe annuities are a good investment. That was 45%. I don't know much about annuities. That was the second option. That was 44%. 
The last option, I hate annuities, was 11%. After your presentation, you put another poll up saying, how you feel about annuities now? First option, I see where annuities could be appropriate, 70%. That's great. Second, I'd like to know more, 29%. The last one, I still hate annuities, 1%. No, it was one person. You had one, one person stuck yeah, to his gun. Was person. it that guy that wrote you then? Maybe he did yeah, join? I, I don't know. I doubt he showed. I, I, I hoped he... Maybe I it was Ken Fisher. Maybe, Ken. maybe it was Ken. He hates them. He's, I don't want to go to hell. So... That's interesting because yeah. that was one hour. That was one hour of very broad conversation. The The idea here is if this sounds like a sensible thing to you, be open-minded to it and talk to someone. And, and the important thing about the blueprints is establishing your bucket. You want to establish that safe bucket of money. It's not everything, guys. You don't have to get out. You don't have to avoid the you know, the potential upside of the markets. No one, everybody's got that FOMO, right? They don't want to miss the market run, but there's a portion that you just can't have in the markets. There's a risk factor that, especially today, and, and the argument that I make during the, the main part of the webinar is to make people feel uncomfortable about the growth of the markets. I don't want people to think that things are only going to go onward and upward. But when you establish that safe bucket, you got to talk about the annuity. You have to. I mean, heading into retirement is not the time to get greedy. No, it's the time to step back and pull chips off. And the, table. the funny thing is, if you talk to someone who's got a large a large amount of money, and they they will have Social Security, husband and wife, and you say, "Hey, do you have a pension?" No, you wish you had a pension. Oh my God, I wish I had a pension. I wish I had a pension. Right? Yeah. I know. I know how valuable a pension is when I see people that actually have one and the life they live when they're in retirement. And there's people that are collecting them into their eighty and ninety year old range. Those companies yeah. are taking a beating because. Mm. They weren't insured. Those were actual funds that were put into markets for, for retirees. And when the markets fail, pension funds get in deep trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Annuities don't. They're insurance. Insurance companies are stable. They use actuarial science. So I think the takeaway here, and again, we didn't do a lot of questions, and there was so many of them. Um, and I apologize if you tuned in today to see if we hit your question, but I think going through the conversation and building off a little bit about how these things reset, how they're tested, not recommending them to anyone. What I'm recommending is open your mind, be willing to learn. Don't rule something out that's helped so many people. I think the number was close to $300 billion went into these annuity products last year. There's something there, right? Yeah. It's not 300 million people that were suckers. That is, that's 300 million people who are $300 million or billion dollars that actually found a safe harbor for their folks. And they got pensions out of it and they've got the ability to protect against the markets. Trying to avoid that perfect storm. The retirement perfect storm. So if you'd like to be part of uh, the series, uh, we'll put it on the deservemagazine.com. Uh, Anthony will throw a link on there for you guys so that you can get a link and you can get tied into our system. If you haven't gone and got a blueprint yet from us, go to getfreeblueprint.com. It is free. There is no catch. There's no, uh, there's no little fonts. There's a, or what do they call it? Small print. Small print. You get the get a free blueprint. It starts the process, starts the conversation. You'll be the educated one in the crowd and it'll be worth your time. I promise. So if you deserve an amazing retirement. This is Brett Sasso with Deserve Magazine. Pat. Thanks, Brett. It's always a pleasure to be here. Likewise. And uh, we'll see you next Friday. Keep listening to the Deserve Podcast.
Peace.